3: to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and it was a long day for Greg Amzinger and a long night home in the pouring rain and got home late but is kind enough to join us here on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. You didn't have to do this. We appreciate going to the trouble though. How you doing? Uh, my dog gave my homework, Randy. I'm so sorry. I am late for class.
1: I hate when I. It reminds me of my days at Lindenwood. I was late to every class. It's just awful. I try not to be like that anymore now that I'm a professional. But I will say, um, I. I would be sad if I missed this because I look forward to chatting with
2: you guys every week. Well, Greg, we look forward to it, too. And it's OK that you're late, because from what I've learned about Randy, he didn't even go to class. So <laughs> late is better than missing it.
1: <laughs> so the legend of Randy character like everyone knew he was the superstar radio guy. This is what I heard. And he was treated like Larry Bird at Indiana State. Like he showed up first day, got the syllabus, showed up for the midterm and the final. That was it. I did show up for
3: those. So I, I'll, I'll take credit for that yesterday was so cool and let's start with the st louis cardinal ted simmons because i thought he really hit the hit the tones well with his speech and michelle and i were talking and listening to a portion of his speech here what a great public speaker I
1: was captivated. I was sitting there watching this man outperform Clint Eastwood. Like, I don't think Clint Eastwood could play Ted Simmons in a movie of Ted Simmons when Ted Simmons was giving his all-fame speech. It wouldn't be as good. He had so much power up on that stage. I thought my friend Tom Verducci said it best. His speech was an ode to baseball. It was bigger than just himself. It was really like reminding people – Everything comes back. The pendulum will swing back. There will be baseball players who hit the ball away from the ship. I thought that was just a beautiful thing to say because there are so many baseball fans that are sitting in that crowd. If you made the trek to Cooperstown, you are a baseball loyalist, and you're going to love that sport for the rest of your life. And you probably loved it for decades. And you might wonder where the game is now compared to where it was when you fell in love with it. I thought what Ted Simmons did was powerful and needed and one of the best performances. And honestly, I've been doing this since 2009, going to induction weekend uh, in Cooperstown. It was one of the most beautifully delivered speeches I've ever seen.
2: Well, outside of that, Greg, what was your favorite moment from the festivities and the coverage yesterday? Uh,
1: well, when Donald Fear said, uh, let me remind you why, why we're here today. And the crowd started chanting, Derek Cheater. <laughs> 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 Donald Fear Donald used to be the head of the Players Association. And obviously he worked under uh, the late Marvin Miller. So he was speaking about uh, Marvin Miller. Uh, who honestly did not want to get into the Hall of Fame. Towards the end of his life, he told his family, if I do get in, don't go. And they didn't go. So, you know, Donald Fear is a negotiator, and he has patience, and he can talk for a long time. He's kind of the marathon man that way, and kind of wear his opponent down with words and in, in, in a way, he accidentally did that. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Donald Fear had the longest speech uh, of anybody. And wherever was waiting. And the thing is, we were looking at the radar because the rain was coming. And it was coming around the five o'clock hour. And here it starts drizzling. And we're like, Derek Jeter is the finale, he's the main event let's get to Derek Jeter wrap it up down let's go <laughs> and hear all the fans go Derek Jeter that, that made me laugh a lot
3: and the, the Derek Jeter speech was quintessential Jeter wasn't it that was just who he is who he was throughout his career
1: Rainey, I gotta tell you, you know, I've interviewed Derek many times in my career, and I always sat there wondering about. I know he's wildly popular, and, and I, I knew he was a pretty good student in high school. His dad was a college professor. I, I, what made Derek Jeter qualified to be a CEO of a Major League Baseball team? Like, why is he qualified? He never went to college. I, I, I just, I didn't get it. Right? I, I didn't get it. And then I watched that speech, and I was like. Oh, I get it. Uh, Now I get it. Everything he did was completely in control. He he never submitted his speech. He was the only Hall of Famer to not submit his speech uh, to the Hall of Fame, which they want everyone to do. He used bullet points, and you could just see his command. He was in complete control of that stage. Uh, he It was effortless, the way he went in and out of all of his topics. I, I, I looked at Harold, and I go, man, I can't take my eyes off this guy. For, for years, for 20 years, he was the big fish in me. He was. You could get a Derek Jeter interview that wasn't a bigger interview in baseball. And he mastered the 15 to 20 second soundbite. Mm-hmm. So, so you never got more than that. He never answered anything extra to your, your question. It was literally the bare bones and you always wanted more and to see him get up there and talk for 15 to 20 minutes, giving you everything he's got. I I couldn't take my eyes off of it. He was so smooth. So in control. I looked at Harold and I go in a world of followers, that word is different now than it was 20 years ago in a world, in a world of followers My goodness, is it addictive to look at a true leader? Like that to me, he is a leader. We everyone used the word champion, but it's a it's a team sport, I get it. But a true leader, and I love what Tom Verducci said. He's the leading man. He is baseball's leading man, and he reminded us all again why he is yesterday.
2: Another guy that I put in that leader category, Greg, is certainly Adam Wainwright, who had another masterful performance for the Cardinals yesterday. Pitches into the ninth, allows seven hits, strikes out four, no walks. He's 8-1 and one in his last nine starts. And even though he's not going to win the National League Cy Young Award, he's certainly in that conversation.
1: You know, and, and not only that, but I brought this up yesterday on the set covering the Hall of Fame. It was something about Hall of Famers. They, they age well. Larry Walker's last two years, I know they weren't full seasons in St. Louis, but he aged well, man. I mean, his OPS is ridiculous, on base over 360. I mean, he was a really good player at the age of 38. There's something about veterans who age well and they're connected to the Hall of Fame. If he could do this, I know this is outlandish, but if Adam Wainwright could do this two more years, if he enjoys pitching and he wants to compete and say next year's not his last year, I don't think one more year like this would change the Hall of Fame voters' minds. But if he ended his career with two similar seasons, which I know is a very difficult thing to do, he could Mike Messina his way into the Hall of Fame. Mike Messina famously won 20 games for the Yankees and hung it up. Adam Right? I'm just telling you, I believe. If he had two more seasons like this, could pitch his way into Cooperstown?
3: That would that would be great. That would be a a massive thrill. Meanwhile, Greg, here are the Giants at forty games over five hundred. They've had the best record in baseball for a long time. Uh, I've kind of become a believer. Are you a believer? I
1: can't be, Randy. I, I, I can't be. And I, 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 I want to be, and I sound like I'm a hater. I, I never wanted to be a hater of any sports team in the world. Like, even when the Cowboys were good, I was like, yeah, this Jerry Jones guy's not so bad. I like Troy Aikman. But uh, this Giants team, to me, if I'm being honest with you, okay, and this is a horrible thing to say, but I believe it's the truth. I'm just speaking my truth to you, Randy. Would you be shocked a year from now? If eight of these guys were
3: DFA'd. No, and here's the okay, thing. Yes, yeah, my point. That's <laughs> no. My point. And, and a lot of them have been DFA'd by yeah, the way, many times in their career. Yeah. So
1: I, if I if I named any other playoff team and I asked you, hey, would you be shocked if eight members? That's a lengthy list of players. Eight is a lot. If, if I, any playoff team you want to pick. Eight guys could be DFA next year. Would that be something that you would think is outlandish? You'd be like, whoa, there's no way the Dodgers would DFA eight of their guys. Or there's no way the Oakland A's would DFA eight of their guys. You look up and down the roster, there's just too many good players. You can literally say that about the Giants. So I, I, they, they'll get to the playoffs, and that's an awesome thing. Do I think they're going to make a dent in October? No, I don't. And I, I, I sound like a hater, but I'm just speaking my truth. I am.
3: And here's the thing. If you put blindly the the healthy Cardinal roster next to the healthy Giants roster, you say, well, the Cardinals are clearly better when you look at that list of names compared to the Giants. Yet the Giants are 40 games over 500. (laughs) 40 games.
1: Think about that. They're 40 games over 500. This Logan Webb kid, who's been their best pitcher in the second half of the season, I, I wanted to watch an entire game that he pitched. Okay. I, I was, I got to see something to make me be- a believer. He's good. He's good. Like six one two twenty, 220. Um, throws like 93. He's a pitch to contact guy. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. I mean, Anthony Discofani was, is a nice pitcher. Um, Alex Wood has always been kind of funky. Uh, Kevin Gossman's clearly got the best stuff in the rotation. Um, but he's bounced around an awful lot. Jake McGee, what a wonderful guy. It looks like he's got a hanger in his Jersey cause he's got the broadest shoulders in the history of baseball. Uh, <laughs> but he, yeah, apparently he's an all-star closer now I, I just, I'm sorry, from the Slaters and the Duggins and the and the Dickersons and the Solanos. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I just can't, I cannot believe this team will represent the National League in the World Series. I, I just
3: can't. And by the way, one fun fact for Cardinal fans: 44 games this year for Dominic Leone, a 1.55 ERA. <sighs> <laughs> Why do you do that? Why do yeah. you do that? <laughs> well, he, he he pitched in. 40 games in a season for the Cardinals once. Now, the ERA was 5.53, but still.
2: Jeez, oh, Randy. Um, all right, Greg, well, we know that Yadier Molina is coming back to the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright this week had a video uh, post pushing out his intent to return next season as well. And after this series versus the Dodgers, I'm starting to get on your side, Greg, about that one last dance idea with Waino, Yadier, and our old friend Albert Poolholes.
1: Uh, and you're not alone. The athletic threw that out there like they were breaking news. And I was smiling while I read it <laughs> going, come on now. If you get to listen to any St. Louis sports talk, especially my friends, uh, Michelle and Randy, then you would know that this has been thrown around for quite some time. Uh, I, look, it, I, I saw what I saw when Albert came back, okay? And it, it, I, I talked about it in length with you guys. The St. Louis was, the, you know, the girl that got away. And I think if he could go back and do it all over again, he would have never left St. Louis. He appreciates people that appreciate him. And St. Louis will forever be in love with Albert Pools for what he did for 11 years. So it didn't end well. If it ended well in Anaheim, um, I would probably not be as passionate about this idea, but it didn't end well. And, and, and Albert Pujols is one of the greatest right-handed hitters in the history of the game. He's done everything on his own accord, and he follows his own path. And I think he wants to end it well. I think he wants standing ovations to end his career. He doesn't want to get designated for assignment. He, he, wants, he wants the Willie McGee treatment. Every time Will McGee came back in the last year, standing ovations and members of the Pittsburgh Pirates who are 24 years old are standing there going, This is a fourth outfielder. Why is he getting standing ovations? He's hitting 220. I don't understand. That's what St. Louis does. And that's what Albert's going to want. And him and Yachty and Wayno going out, unless Wayno wants Cooperstown because he's pitching like a Hall of Famer this year. He could, he could throw the whole idea I had out
3: of whack. Yeah. By the way, Albert with a 971 OPS against lefties. So if you have him as a right-handed DH, and a, and we will have the National, the National League DH next year, as you've mentioned many times, and then you get a compliment for him to be a left-handed DH, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. You are, because it sounded like Dan
1: wasn't for that. I don't think Dan McLaughlin liked that idea. How could you not, Dan? Right? I know he's not on right now, but <laughs> you're the play by play guy, at the Cardinals. Wouldn't you love every time Albert stepped up? For, I don't care if he grounds into a 6 4 3 double play. Okay? You stand in ovation. I mean, that's, that's good TV, right? That's good TV. And that moves the needle, makes some money. People are going to be buying Albert Poole's jerseys again. And all the pomp and circumstance of having one of your greatest players ever, because he's still regarded that way. One of your greatest Cardinals ever ending their career in a Cardinal uniform. I, I, to me, it, it's a must. You almost have to do it. This made sense to me for quite a long time, and now Michelle's on board. <laughs> on board. We'll get McLaughlin on board at some (laughs) point. The Athletics on board. It's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen.
2: Well, Greg, there's been a lot of uh, stagnation at the ballpark, a lot of empty seats over the past few months, and Albert's return brought an electricity that I missed, so I'm, I'm with you, bud.
1: Good, good. And, and look, I know I throw a lot of stuff against the wall. I know I do. I, I, I learned it from my dear friend, Harold Reynolds. Um, <laughs> so when it sticks, when it sticks, then you just celebrate that. You don't ever talk about the stuff that didn't stick. You only talk about the stuff that did. And I think this is really going <laughs> to stick.
3: <laughs> Greg, we appreciate so much that you took the time to uh, be with us this morning because, uh, hey, I know you're worn out. And uh, have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. Uh, You guys are the best. You always put me in a good mood. I look forward to next week. Thank you very much. That is the great Greg Amzinger, the lead anchor for MLB Network, and, of course, a product of St. Louis and the Lindenwood University. Joining us on 101 ESPN.
0: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Grab a 30 day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping